It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to episode, what is 166? 166. One one six six, not six six six. Wow! Of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Did Did you really have to qualify that? I just wanted to make sure it's abundantly clear. Wow! <laughs> I can't even believe you went there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, episode one hundred and sixty six of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast, and uh, we're here uh, going to give you another another great episode, I think, and I can say that because it's not all about us. Yeah. Uh, but we've you know, got... anytime, anytime it's someone other than just you and me, it's a great episode, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anytime people don't have to listen to me talk, that's a good thing. Right? That's a good. That's yeah. a good episode. Yeah. Well, so uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking to Dave Yock of Garden City Project and the Doxology Project, which you may have heard a little bit about before. We had him on a while ago. It was a real uh, kind of a hurried interview, so. Uh, glad to have Dave back. Dave has been doing some contributing on the Worship Ministry Catalyst blog, and so you've seen some series of articles going through there, uh, reconsidering the worship leader and then uh, reconsidering singing as kind of going on right now, why we sing. Um, so some great articles that you want to go check out. They're, uh, they're not just well-written. They are, uh, they are thorough. Uh, they are good teaching from beginning to end. I've really enjoyed the approach you've taken on those articles, so that's been that's been enjoyable for me. Um, it's kind of kind of going down a similar vein of my own thinking, uh, where we've maybe put a little bit too much emphasis on on the worship leader or on the style, and not enough on corporate uh, involvement and why uh, you know the the biblical backing for for why we sing. So you'll definitely want to go check those out on worshipministrycatalyst.com, and you can actually go see them. Also, uh, uh, the reconsidering the worship leader, I've noticed that uh, you're posting some of those over on Garden City Project as well. So here we have Dave with us. Uh, hey, Dave, how you doing? I am doing very good. Good. Well, uh, if you will, if you right off the bat, if you wouldn't mind just kind of uh, introducing yourself again to our listeners, talk about you, how people can get in touch with you, as well as uh, just an overview of Garden City Project and how people can connect with that. Okay. Well, apparently, if it's not about you guys, who's it about? Is it about me? Yep, it's all about you today. <laughs> okay. Today all right. is all you, man. All you. Definitely going to set the worship tone from the beginning, yes? <laughs> uh, no, it's not going to be about me. It's about Jesus, and we're going we're gonna to go there. But um, yeah, Garden City is really, that's what we're about, is um, we're, we're all about Jesus. And we want to take a look at how people use the work of their, their head, heart, and hands um, to help God's people in their worship or in their mission. And so there's just, I mean, there's ideas springing 
up from the body of Christ. It's as many as there are people in the body of Christ. Um, all of them hold creativity that, that can be used um, to bless the body of Christ, to bless um, Christ's mission here on earth, and God wants to use them. And so we just kind of become a hub for that. And um, so the Doxology Project corrals writers to help think through that. Um, we set together projects like um, music, music and art and also just um, different things with technology and anything that can kind of help Big C Church um, across the globe um, connect to the Lord, connect to each other, um, connect to those who are lost. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, do you have a background in uh, theology or how have, you, uh, how have you come to your understanding of these topics? Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't really have a studying, um, working knowledge of theology. Didn't really prize that early in my Christian journey. I like to learn um, theology. In many of the places I was at, was a bad word. Um, it was a stuffy word, um, and it was associated with like, academics. Um, but God kind of moved me into a place where I realized I needed to know more about Him, and that's really all that theology is: the logic of God. It's it's studying God, who He is, and the more we know Him, the more we know who we are. So. Um, yeah, I went, I went back um, to school, was really interested in just learning all I could. Uh, I got a master's in divinity degree, and um, as we speak, I'm about um, probably a couple weeks from uh, finishing up my doctorate in worship oh, wow. studies. Whoa, that's, that's fantastic. So we call you Dr. Dave after? Nope. Uh, okay. <laughs> still Dave. <laughs> oh, still Dave. It's just that it's the... It's the prefix that makes me sound like I'm important. Right. <laughs> um, well, uh, before we get into the new project you have coming out, maybe we can talk about the Doxology Project, and that would that would kind of paint the picture uh, for people uh, of what of what goes on there at Garden City, and uh, and give people an understanding of what that is, and then we'll jump into uh, what you've got coming down the road. Yeah. Um, the Doxology Project is really just um, a portion of Garden City. It's a blogging platform where we really just kind of think through um, issues related to creativity, um, how to spur on creativity in the body of Christ, um, like I said, to help people's, God's people in worship and mission. Um, but our, our vision with that is eventually not only collecting minds to think through that, but actually putting out resources that aren't just good thinking. You know, I, I describe it kind of this way is um, you read a theology book, usually get to the end, you're satisfied, you've got that concept covered, you put it back up on your shelf and it's done. And the Bible's idea of learning is more doxology in that um, whatever we learn, we, we turn out into something. And um, Titus talks about beautifying the doctrine of Christ. And it's interesting there when Paul's talking about doctrine, he doesn't go into a long, lengthy thing of all these beliefs that we need to have. He goes into all these character qualities, men mentoring men, older women mentoring younger women. He talks about adorning, beautifying, cosmetically enhancing, artfully enhancing doctrine. And I believe that that really what it is, is, is true doctrine, doxology, is taking the truth that we believe and turning it into practice um, so people can see in flesh what the truth looks like through um, our character and our creativity. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And, and um, the, you know, we've, we've kind of started a production and publication company this year um, to start producing like a little bit more on the musical side, hard, you know, 
books you can hold in your hands, kind of thinking through uh, subjects, kind of hard, you know, tangible things you can hold in your hand. Um, but yeah, and then we also invite just people to contribute. We have uh, this year, we, uh, we started last year, um, and we have probably about 60 artists in our um, marketplace now who have contributed, um, either through art, through some sort of technology, through some sort of music, through books, through graphic design, through anything you can possibly imagine, um, they, they've started to contribute. So um, that's hopefully just going to keep growing. You know, and I love, Dave, I, I love the concept of taking uh, all these people, right, uh, people who have different you know, skills, people who have uh, different abilities, people who are gifted in certain areas, and it's kind of like we're taking these people and bringing them together, you know, and and seeing something beautiful uh, out of more of a, a collective as opposed to an individual. I think a lot of times in churches, and I'm probably guilty of this, you know, in uh, in churches we we have this idea where we um, are going to be uh, the person, like I'm going to be the worship leader. And, and now I'm in charge, and I'm responsible for being creative, and I'm responsible for coming up with all these things. But to hear this model of, of taking people, bringing them together, and, and just seeing what God does, I, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the collaboration is really cool. Just to see what something becomes amongst the we rather than the I is just, um, it's fabulous. It becomes something better when we um, work together. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, you know, we've done one songwriting day that I, I participated in, but, um, it was, it was a, an eye opening experience for me to be, to be a part of something. Um, first of all, to, you know, oftentimes you're struggling when you're struggling with something on your own, it feels like a war that you might never win, but then you bring, yeah. bring other minds into what you're trying to accomplish. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm stuck here, but you're not. So you can, right. <laughs> you take, you take right. the lead on this next line or on exactly. the next verse or whatever it is. And, um, it makes mm-hmm. it stronger, but I think it's also, you know, it's a great, it's probably a lot more accurate representation of the body of Christ, especially as we saw in the new Testament church, there was just a great collaboration for, for literally all of life. I mean, every, they, they relied on one another, not just for their needs, but when they needed a certain business, they would go to other brothers, you know, to the other brothers and, and uh, use their services. They would just kind of had this uh, mindset of supporting and, and encouraging one another as they pursued the mission of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And also so much in churches and stuff, we relegate creativity, quote unquote, to the artsy types, you know, that when you use that word creative or you use that word art, um, people immediately think of this genre of people when in the beginning, God created. It's it's in our very fabric to be creative. It's the very initial response of love is to create it. it, it and that's what God did it, in amongst himself as a friend amongst himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He was so just enamored by love, he chose to extend that love into what he created. And um, I just think we we over here, we use the word innovator simply because I think not everybody necessarily sees them as artists, but they see themselves as innovator, that they, whatever they hold in their hands. And that's caused people to go beyond art. Like this year, for instance, we had 
some thinkers out of Colorado just started um, thinking through like live streaming, how they could make that beneficial for the church. Um, most churches are paying thousands of dollars to podcast sermons, live stream episodes, and they're not really either not given the ability to monetize that they're, um, if they need to, or they're paying a lot of money that they don't to integrate it into their site. And so these, these thinkers just kind of came to the plate and said, hey, we could free up a lot of cash, give the church back the ability to get the word out to more people, and we can actually do it for free. Wow. And so now we've kind of launched this live streaming service this year through Garden City. Um, it's a whole tech thing that develop, it helps anybody basically live stream, make some money if they need to to support their family off whatever uh, episodes or videos they're shooting, but also integrates fully with um, churches. Already 12,000 churches are using it already that, um, that you know, they don't want to pay out the nose to integrate something in their own site, live stream their service, auto-populate sermons, all that kind of stuff, and they're getting the service for you know, just what it takes to process information, like 2%, 3%. So again, just an idea, just a show that Garden City was, it's, it's become something bigger than I ever thought. It's not just art projects. It's people banging heads and saying, what are all the problems in the world, the church? How can we better solve that to help the church be on the front end? So people are seeing the church um, you know, coming up with good solutions because that's the gospel. It's not just Christ saves sinners. It's Christ redeems the world, the kingdom. And so anyway, just um, exciting stuff. Yeah, that's great. Well, so let's, let's get into uh, the project that you're, that you're releasing right now, the, the new album. Uh, if, you would, if you would tell us about that, and then uh, we'll talk about, about it a little bit. Yeah, um, one of the ideas um, we had was um, we just partnered with um, a couple producers from Berkeley Music College, um, a couple um, studios in Nashville and uh, myself and just some other collaborators along the way just kind of thought through, um, you know, the big, um, honestly, it came through a conversation over some beers, <laughs> just uh, thinking through how the church has kind of become too happy. And that's not to say it's a bad thing that we sing praise to God. And that's a great thing. I mean, read my blog post. I'm, I'm pro happy. I really, <laughs> um, I'm pro joy. I'm pro that's fruit of the spirit. But, um, liturgically, and again, another word that kind of scares people, but formation, that's basically what liturgy means, is a, a way of shaping people. Um, we're not shaping people to cope with difficult things like grief and depression and despair and anxiety and stress. And the Psalms are just riddled with that. Um, they're, most of the Psalms are laments, um, a, a style of song of grieving. Um, many of the songs are what are called in theologic terms imprecatory which means it's i just i just call it the god go get them psalms it's uh praying for god to go get your enemy yeah. and praying yeah. for justice and there are a lot of people who are taking up justice on their own behalf because they don't know how to sing and pray god's justice there's a lot of people who are holding carrying burdens um depression clinically being weighed down by all kinds of neuroses simply because they don't know how to unload this stuff and um, they come on to church and honestly, I think, are just very ill-equipped because, um, you know, we know God's to be prized and to worship, but there's also that, that, that roadblock sometimes of getting over our own selfishness and feelings, and those come in the way of all kinds of gross things. And 
I just think it's great that God doesn't ignore that in the Psalms. He actually embraces it. And he said, he actually gives the whole book like Habakkuk to show us what godly whining looks like. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what that whole book is about. That's cool. And so we wanted people to kind of take refuge in God. We wanted to give them a, a album that wasn't cliche. Like we didn't want to just say Jesus is the way and it'd be kind of have come to these churchy solutions throughout the album. We wanted people to wrestle. Um, we didn't really come out and just say, he's going to fix everything. Uh, we, you know, this, the album's called the songs of the forgotten and, and it, it comes out of Psalm 88 where it says, um, are your wonders known in the darkness in the land of forgetfulness? And that's honestly kind of a question I just held over the entire album, just being like, is God, can he be seen even when it's dark, even when you feel forgotten? Can he still be there? Mm -hmm. Um, And not just say Jesus is the way, Jesus loves you, but to say, no, everything sucks. Everything's dark. You don't know anything that's going to happen. Is he still good? Does he still see you? And... um, I, I just feel like that takes people to a different place. It took me to a different place. Um, and that was kind of the hope of the album. And again, I'll, I'll just share this story too. I, I, I told the Lord about two years ago, I, was, uh, I went through uh, a transition in my life where it was during the reset. No, this wasn't two years ago. Wham. <laughs> this was six years ago now. Yeah. About six years ago, I went through a transition in my life um, where I came back from off the mission field, landed in that recession, and couldn't find a job for 10 months. Lowest time of my life, uh, brink of homelessness, just couldn't feed my family, worrying about all these different things, um, working in freezers, cleaning out grease traps, going around to farms, asking, can I work for four bucks an hour just to put food on my family's table? That kind of life. And wow. it was in this dark despair that and it was just, it was, you know, we as men, we know that that's a difficult time. We, we want to provide for our family. But for me, this was just like, it was torturous. It, it really, really about broke me. It's the only time I think I've ever been just about ending it, you know, kind of thing. And um, God was really dealing with me and um, he just kind of inspired me. I don't really feel like I heard him say anything. I just felt like one day kind of in my heart, I just was like, man, I'm just going to, I need to be creative. I, you know, I kind of get in that place where I'm feeling kind of dark and I'm like, I need to just stop focusing on me and just start putting stuff out, just getting this stuff out. And songwriting is the way I process what's going on inside. So I just got this hit in my belly that I should start writing through the Psalms just in my own personal time with the Lord and writing songs. And so I started in Psalm one. And by the time I got to about Psalm 99, um, I was, I kind of had stopped and, um, I was still at the time I was still underemployed. I was driving, um, delivering pizzas for Domino's <laughs> and, you know, I, I started thinking about this album and started thinking, wouldn't it be great? All these songs I've written to take these 10, I had 10 in my mind and I'm like, these are the ones that have really gripped me during this time of despair. And I said, wouldn't that be an awesome story if someday God would make this an album and I could tell everybody that every melody on the album was written when I drove for Domino's in my car at 2 a.m. And that's, that's how the album was birthed. It was, it was, it was birthed at 2 a.m. delivering pizzas in my car at the darkest moment of my life all alone and just trying to find melodies in the Psalms that would honestly just kind of put my heart at ease and out came these melodies and now it's just become something I can share. Hmm. That's great. 
So the album is already produced and ready. Is it out? It's out. You can get it on. You can get it anywhere. Um, if you go to uh, Garden City site and you go to our gallery, you can view the Psalm uh, project, and it you know you can you, you can get it for free. We ask people to donate if we have a cause that we're trying to develop. We're developing artists, and so every proceed people give to the album goes to producing a ne- the next project. Um, we we've we already got two more in the works. Uh, one on the parables of Christ and uh, one on doctrine. It's going to be a spoken word album. Hmm. Um, so we've got a bunch of new projects in the works and um, we've sold enough already. We sold enough projects from some other things we did last year that we've completely paid for these next projects. And again, that's another vision of Garden City is to give people back their art. We don't want to own artists. We want to enable them. And the production companies today have turned more into a slave trade industry. Um then they really have um, launching good art. They own people and they own art rather than producing it. And so I, we just want, we want to be able to develop. So in giving to the, giving to this album, it's more than just buying music. It's helping launch the next whoever. Uh, I think that's a really cool concept, Dave, to be able to say, okay, we have, we have this, this, you know, we have this unique thing, right? Whether it's uh, an album or a spoken word thing, and to say, we want to be able to get this into people's hands, and if you help us with that, you know, a donation, whatever, we're going to be able to do the next thing. And that's such a countercultural concept, right? Because, you know, we're totally in this society where it's like, okay, let, let's, let's push it out there, let's get it out there. Uh, you know, like you talked about the studios or the production companies that are like, all right, let's get the next album, let's go... You know, let's make some money. Let let's let's get this train rolling, and this is kind of an exact opposite of that. To say we want to be able to do the next thing, and we're going to be able to help fund the next thing through this thing. You know, I I just think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, it's 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 not just cool; it's refreshing. Refreshingly to, cool. Yeah. To to have to have someone out there to, and not not just have someone because you know a lot of people maybe have had the desire to want to help artists but you've actually been able to build a platform you've been able to uh gain some notoriety and people now uh can can go to you to find high quality products that are that are actually usable um and Kevin and I can attest to this um we have over the years received some some unusable products some un, <laughs> unusable worship recordings uh some some people whose hearts were in the right place uh, but they they just the the product so way to say it yes yeah uh it just wasn't something that we were going to uh promote and put out on on the uh world wide web uh, the interwebs for people to to consume at least not under something that we would that we would uh we would put our name to but uh, but yeah having a quality you know a quality thing and and i think garden you know the the, the garden city project has really uh become you know a um i i don't know breeding grounds the right word but it's definitely becoming a, a gathering point for uh for people with gifts and skills and and you know i think it's cool what is turning uh what is turning out Oh, it's cool that that it's mission driven as opposed to money driven, and I think that's one of the things we're kind of getting at with what you're talking about. It's yeah. driven by resourcing the church, 
building up, training up, raising up artists, raising up innovators who, who can create products and services and technology, what have you, that, that will benefit the church and help push the mission even further down the road, which is something we desperately need. Not someone who's trying to get rich off of the church and the, uh, and the hundreds of thousands of churches that exist in America. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And when we started, we just kind of said, you know, there was a couple of values that we wanted to drive us. And number one was we could see the basic kingdom ethic of service said, if we can start serving people, launching young artists, young authors, young things, um, giving them the tools they need to go forward um, and having them kind of pay it forward as they get their success from being launched, they'll help launch someone behind them. Creating that culture of service, I think, is bigger than anything we're trying to do. And also giving people back their art, helping them create out of the right motive for art. That's the big thing. People innovating today, it's all functional. It's all got to serve a purpose. It's all got to make money. It's all got to sell a product. And I'm like, what about, what about just beauty? Um, what about contemplation? What about meditating on creation in ways just to experience God, um, experience truth, those kinds of things, those deeper elements are being lost because, you know, we flip through Instagram and we're not stopping to contemplate. Um, Lost are the days when people would stand in front of Rembrandt and come to Christ (laughs) because they stared at Rembrandt for three hours. Um, I can't remember the guy that um, that testimony was from, but um, standing in front of a painting and coming to the Lord simply by contemplating, there's just a depth that's been lost. Um, and, you know, hopefully what I, what I hope to see happen from this, this is the long-term vision, but, um, Andy Crouch in his book, Culture Making, um, he makes some really good points, but he, he says, um, he talked about poverty and he talked about real poverty is, um, is not just making stuff, it's, or the ability to not make stuff, but to make meaning. And he said, that's what real poverty is. And there's people even in Hollywood that are more impoverished than people living on the streets because we're not making, we're making stuff, but we're not making meaning out of anything. And I think there's so many, there's so many things, there's so many people out in the world that can do so much to provide for their families but usually what we do is we steal that ability for them to know what they're good at and to be able to do by just giving them money, giving them things. When really we're supposed to be teaching them trades, teaching them to take the real stuff that God gave them, produce, make a way for their family, make meaning for their community, make beauty. Um, whether it's through art, whether it's through innovation, education, media, that that is the remedy for poverty. It's not giving money. It's giving them the ability to make meaning. Hmm. And so the prayer for garden city, and we're not there yet, but long-term that's my vision. It's not just to make cool music and put out great books. I've pray I pray every day that God would tangibly give us ways to meet the cause of the fatherless, the widow and the orphan. Hmm. And we're not there yet. We're not even close to there yet. Um, but I, you know, I want people to know that that's the ultimate vision of, of Garden City is that we want to put the ability to make meaning back in the hands of those who it's been stolen from. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, whether that's from sin, whether that's through bad decisions, whether that's through just the way the crappy world works. Um, the kingdom is about God coming and meeting those who have been lost and who are alone and who are nothing and saying, I can make something from you. And out of you, um, 
and that's that seems that's what we wanted to drive Garden City, and we wanted that to, you know, in a in a age where the production industry as we know it is kind of dying with file sharing and all this stuff that's going on, the production industries are just suffering. <laughs> They're going, what do we do? I'm hoping that this. I'm hoping that maybe lights or Christ's light can shine right now mm. and say, no, Christ had it dreamed up from the beginning. It's supposed to come out of God's people, the church. Um, it's supposed to have an ethic of service and kingdom. You guys have been doing it all wrong. And yes, your kingdom should fall. Hmm. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned yeah. books and I don't know if you want to talk about it now or you want to save that for later, but you are working on a book that will be coming out later this year. Uh, do you want to kind of give our listeners a heads up of what that's going to be and when they can uh, maybe look for it, hopefully? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you're going to get three books um, that are being done right now. Um, one is called The Tempo of Discipleship. It's taking a look at how music helps us think through discipleship. Um, taking music as an idea and saying this actually helps us think how to better disciple people. Most of the time we disciple people through cold, hard methods. Um, and music is a journey. It, it comes in louds and softs and dissonance and, and resonance. It comes in pitch and all kind range and music comes in all kinds of different forms and it moves. And I think we approach, I think we approach discipleship too much like a science rather than an art. And I think, um, that's what I'm trying to accomplish in the book. So it won't just be for musicians, but I'm sure they'll resonate more than others. And then the next one is called Authority. Um, it's going to be tracing God's uh, rehab for the Israelites as they traveled to the Promised Land. It, it, it detailed or it basically outlines the book of Numbers. I know, exciting book, right? <laughs> when God told me to, I felt like I needed to write the Psalms, I also felt inspired to kind of spend a year in the book of Numbers, and people told me I was nuts. <laughs> um, but I really do find that Numbers is how God literally rehabilitates the human heart. You think about these people who are in slavery for 400 years, and now they've been saved by this Lord that's just obliterated all their other gods. So there's this feeling of fear, but also like thankfulness. But now you come out, you've been used to telling a leader and authority to tell, telling you what to do for 400 years, and it's led to just nothing but your own pain. And now this Lord says, okay, when I go, you go. When I stay, you stay. Can you think about how the human heart responds to that? We, we naturally shun authority. So the book's going to be called, uh, it's authority every human heart's journey from slave to free and showing how true freedom is not coming out from under authority. It's coming underneath the authority of Christ um, and letting him free us in how he tells us to do things. Um, and then lastly, um, just great children's book coming out. It's going to look at the seven signs of Jesus through the book of John. It's going to be a fully illustrated um, children's book, and it's um, going to kind of pay, show how the ministry of Elisha pointed to the ministry of Jesus, that every miracle Elisha did, Jesus repeated, but did it better. Mm. And so the book kind of goes through this little Jewish boy grows up kind of, think about these Jewish kids. I mean, they grew up with heroes, not like Spider-Man and Batman. They grew up with, they grew up with heroes like Elisha. These were their heroes. Yeah. These were like the miraculous people of the day. So this little kid, his name's Eli, and he's going to be kind of 
you know, loves to hear stories about Elisha and the, these hero stories. And the book is called Hero. And the, he basically, along the way, he ends up in running into Jesus. You know, his cousin gets married at the wedding of Cana. Um, he ends up becoming the boy that gives Jesus the seven loaves and the fish. Um, he starts running into Jesus at all these different places. And by the end of the book, he realizes what the real hero, who the real hero is. Um, so it's just going to be a great way to kind of teach kids, uh, quote unquote, typology, where um, they can learn that the whole the Old Testament is about Jesus. It's he's he didn't just show up in the Gospels. He um, all the stories really point to who he was going to be. Um, so anyway, those three are coming out and we've got we've got more in the works, but hopefully those will be out here in the next couple of months. Cool. Nice. Well, uh, hopefully, listeners, you're feeling um, just completely uh, encouraged and excited. And, and I'd say refreshed. Refreshed. It's a very refreshing yeah. concept. Uh, to, to hear someone talking about all of these ideas, and they, they may be thinking, okay, um, I, th- I think that's attainable for me. I think I could, I, you know, I can't, I may not be able to write a whole album, but I could chip in on a song, or I could, I could send a song, or uh, so... So how would they go about uh, getting involved in one of the projects that you have coming up? Or maybe they have an idea for, for a project of their own and they'd like to team up with you. How would they go about starting something like that? Go to our homepage and there's a link, link there that says submit your work. Mm, okay. And pretty if you pretty have easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have like gives you an option, like if you have something that basically portrays gospel truth, it helps deepen people's understanding of scripture. It, contemplates creation. We've got photographers who submitted graphic designers. We've got writers and authors and techie people, um, all kinds of different people. Um, but basically by submitting their work, um, if, if it's great, we, we promote it. We want to publish people. We don't, we don't try to take credit for your work. We basically just put um, them in our marketplace and connect people back to them, hopefully to promote their own business. And yeah, if they're super good, like this illustrator that just came our way um, about a month ago that kind of gave us this hero book. has been sitting and waiting for about three years. Hmm. And we just ha- I just haven't felt like the right person's there. Well, this illustrator came and he got a hold of it through some, some other connections I had made. And he said, here's an image for it. What do you think? And I just said, man, that's it. Let's do it. And so he's great. He's only a 19-year-old kid, one of the fa- fantastic artists, just mm-hmm. brilliant. And uh, he has dreams of you know working for Pixar and DreamWorks. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Um, I- I'm more about starting things. I'd love to start the next one. I wouldn't like to join what's already going great. Let's start the next one. But anyway, he uh, – <clears throat> He started kind of drawing for this book and, and really got excited because now it's going to kind of add his – he's a young kid starting out, but it's going to kind of add his profile in our network so hopefully more people can see him. And hopefully the idea is that they love his work. They go solicit him to work on their projects, and his business grows. And, you know, again, we collaborate, but our goal is to always push out. You know, and David, I think it was a year ago you came to me with a great idea. I think it's awesome to – somehow someday come up with some kind of database where Christian artists and innovators and communities can list their, their services, their work. So people can come and not only know that they're going to get great creativity, but they're going to get great character too when they work with people. And ultimately I would love to see it become something like that Mm -hmm. um, to where it's just a huge social network for 
Christian artists where people can come and just know that they can trust the person behind the art and uh, get great services, get great products, but also participate in a really cool mission, you know? Right. Well, that's not... Please please come. Submit your work. Anything acceptable. I'm not going to approve everything, but... (laughs) Well, no, no good uh, curator should approve everything, right? No. Yeah. If you approve everything, then nothing has any value. Uh, yeah. Well, please but, bring it. I'm inspired by everything I've seen come through, and mo- 90% of it's not even mine. It's mostly other, other people. So. Well, so it's GardenCityProject.com. Yep. And um, if you're so if you're if you're just itching to kind of try your hand at it and make sure, or you want to go out and maybe. Maybe you're just looking for, you think you've got something you could share, but you haven't gotten good feedback. Go submit it and, and uh, let it go through the review process. And uh, if it doesn't work, then just go back to the drawing board and, and work a little harder the next time. But uh, I think it's, I think it's worth, uh, worth pursuing for any of our listeners. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anyone that, that should count themselves out and, you know, how I feel about creativity. I think, I think all of us are our creators. I think we all are made in the image of our creator God. And so we all ought to be able to create something. And uh, like you say, everyone, everyone is born with that in their DNA. A lot of us have uh, either, either stuffed it down or had it stuffed out of us uh, through different institutions or different uh, ways of learning. And it just takes some time to kind of refresh that. But it's important for us all to, to be constantly creating in whatever form and venue that may be. But that's all the time we have for this episode, so make sure you head over to GardenCityProject.com and check out everything they've got going on and stay there. And uh, bookmark it, follow them on Twitter, Twitter.com slash GardenCityProject. Is that right? I think it's uh, Garden City. It's on our website. Click on the bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, follow them on Twitter and, uh, and on Facebook, everywhere you can, so you can stay up to date with everything else they've got coming out. And maybe if you work on it, uh, you'll see some of your stuff come across there, too. And that'd be kind of fun to see someone from the Worship Ministry Catalyst audience go submit something and see it come through the, the Garden City Project. That'd Avenue. be cool. So, well, uh, that is episode 166 in the can. Uh, we are uh, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. And we'd love for you to uh, go on iTunes and leave a review for uh, the podcast. And while you're over there, go leave a review on on. Uh, the Garden City Project uh, works that are over there. What's the title of the album? Psalms. Psalms. Okay, so... Songs of the Forgotten. Psalms. Songs of the Forgotten. Go leave a review over there. Uh, uh, preview the tracks. And uh, Is it on iTunes? Am I assuming something? It's everywhere. It's on iTunes, a- Amazon, book, uh, Bandcamp, uh, Spotify. It's everywhere. But yeah, you can access it from our site as well. Cool. So stuff. yeah, leave a review there. And uh, one final word for you, Dave, as we finish out this episode, any words of encouragement for our listeners? Um, you know, I, I guess the, the just garden city really is just the vision of the Bible. It's not a vision I have. Um, it's a vision of a beautiful creation started in a garden where God was the central primary thing. And, um, sin lost that. For us, but you see this image of this restored garden city as descending in the book of Revelation that um, God brings a kingdom. And so God really does have a vision to partner with his church in in the work of creating things and the work of worship. And that's really tangible and it's just really exciting. And I would leave um, just people, we got some really exciting technology that's developed for those who want to make 
make an income, make money from their work. So please come over to Garden City. We not only just want to give you great things, we want to train you in how to take what you do and make it into real things for your family, not just things that can be shown and say, oh, that's cool, but things that can make money and, and produce for you. And we're, we're dedicated to that. So come, come contact us. We'd love to help with that. Great. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for your time today. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in for another episode. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst.